story one of jim the story of a backwoods police dog and other stories by charles roberts this librivox recording is in the public domain story one part two the book agent and the buckskin belt one a big-framed jaunty man with black side whiskers a long black frock coat and a square flat case of shiny black leather strapped upon his back stepped into the corner store at brimes rip mills he said hello boys hot day in a big voice that was intentionally hearty ran his bulging eyes appraisingly over everyone present then took off his wide-brimmed felt hat and mopped his glistening forehead with a big red and white handkerchief receiving a more or less hospitable chorus of grunts and hellos in response he seated himself on a keg of nails removed the leather case from his back and asked for ginger beer which he drank noisily from the bottle name of biles said he at length introducing himself with a sweeping nod hot tramp in from cribs ridge thirsty you bet never drink nothing stronger than ginger pop or soft cider have a round of pop on me boys a one pop this is a yours mister a dozen more bottles please for these gentlemen he looked around the circle with an air at once assured and persuasive and the taciturn woodsman not wholly at ease under such sudden cordiality from a stranger but too polite to rebuff him muttered thank you kindly or here's how as they threw back their heads and poured the weak stuff down their gaunt and hairy throats it was a slack time at brine's rip the mills having shut down that morning because the river was so low that there were no more logs running the shrieking saws being silent for a little there was nothing for the mill hands to do but loaf and smoke the hot air was heavily scented with the smell of fresh sawdust mixed with the strong honey perfume of the flowering buckwheat fields beyond the village the buzzing of flies in the windows of the store was like a fine arabesque of sound against the ceaseless muffled thunder of the rapids the dozen men gathered here at zeb smith's store which was in effect the village club found it hard to rouse themselves to a conversational effort in any way worthy the advances of the confident stranger they all smoked a little harder than usual and looked on with courteous but non-committal interest while he proceeded to unstrap his shiny black leather case in his stiff and sombre garb so unsuited to the backwoods trails the stranger had much the look of one of those itinerant preachers who sometimes busy themselves with the cure of souls in the remoter backwoods settlements but his eye and his address were rather those of a shrewd and pushing commercial traveller tug blackstock the deputy sheriff of nipsiwaska county felt a vague antagonism toward him chiefly on the ground that his speech and bearing did not seem to consort with his habiliments he rather liked a man to look what he was or be what he looked and he did not like black side whiskers and long hair this antagonism however he felt to be unreasonable the man had evidently had a long and tiring tramp and was entitled to a somewhat friendlier reception than he was getting swinging his long legs against the counter on which he sat between a pile of printed calicoes and a box of bright pink fancy soap tug blackstock reached behind him and possessed himself of a box of long black cigars having selected one critically for himself he proffered the box to the stranger have a weed said he cordially they ain't half bad 
but the stranger waved the box aside with an air at once grand and gracious i never touched the weed thank you kindly just the same said he but i'm nothing again it it goes again my system that's all if it's all the same to you i take a bite of cheese and a cracker instead of the cigar sartin agreed blackstock jumping down to fetch the edibles from behind the counter like most of the regular customers he knew the store and its contents almost as well as zeb smith himself during the last few minutes an immense rough-haired black dog had been sniffing the stranger over with suspicious minuteness the stranger at first paid no attention whatever though it was an ordeal that many might have shrunk from at last seeming to notice the animal for the first time he recognized his presence by indifferently laying his hand upon his neck instead of instantly drawing off with a resentful growl after his manner with strangers the dog acknowledged the casual caress by a slight wag of the tail and then after a few moments turned away amicably and lay down if jim finds him all right thought blackstock to himself there can't be much wrong with him though i can't say i take to him myself and he weighed off a much bigger piece of cheese than he had at first intended to offer marking down his indebtedness on a slate which served the proprietor as a sort of day-book the stranger fell to devouring it with an eagerness which showed that his lunch must have been of the lightest you was sayin' as how you'd just come up from cribs ridge put in a long-legged heavy-shouldered man who was sprawling on a cracker-box behind the door he had short sandy hair rapidly thinning eyes of a cold gray set rather close together and a face that suggested a cross between a fox and a fish-hawk he was somewhat conspicuous among his fellows by the trimness of his dress his shirt being of dark blue flannel with a rolled-up collar and a scarlet knotted kerchief while the rest of the mill hands wore collarless shirts of gray homespun with no thought of neckerchiefs his trousers were of brown corduroy and were held up by a broad belt of white dressed buckskin elaborately decorated with navajo designs in black and red he stuck to this adornment tenaciously as a sort of inoffensive proclamation of the fact that he was not an ordinary backwoods mill hand but a wanderer one who had travelled far and tried his wits at many ventures in the wilder west right you are assented the stranger brushing some white cracker crumbs out of his black whiskers i was just a-wonderin went on hawker giving a hitch to the elaborate belt and leaning forward a little to spit out through the doorway if you seed anything of jake sanderson on the road the stranger having his mouth full of cheese did not answer for a moment the boys are lookin for him rather anxious explained blackstock with a grin he brings the leetle fat roll that pays the wages here at the mill and it's due some time to-day i seen him at cribs ribs this mornin answered the stranger at last said he'd hurt his foot or sprained his knee or something and would have to come on a bit slow he'll be along some time to-night i guess didn't seem to me to have much wrong with him now you can't have none of that cheese go away and lay down he added suddenly to the great black dog who had returned to his side and laid his head on the stranger's knee with a disappointed air the dog obeyed tain't often jim's so civil to a stranger muttered blackstock to himself a little boy in a scarlet jacket with round eyes of china blue and an immense mop of curly fluffy silky hair so palely flaxen as to be almost white came hopping and skipping into the store 
he was greeted with friendly grins while several voices drawled hello woolly billy he beamed cheerfully upon the whole company with a special gleam of intimate confidence for tug blackstock and the big black dog then he stepped up to the stranger's knee and stood staring with respectful admiration at those flowing jet-black side-whiskers the stranger in return looked with a cold curiosity at the child's singular hair neither children nor dogs had any particular appeal for him but that hair was certainly queer most an albino ain't he he suggested no he ain't replied tug blackstock curtly the dog detecting a note of resentment in his master's voice got up and stood beside the child and gazed about the circle with an air of anxious interrogation had any one been disagreeable to woolly billy and if so who but the little one was not the least rebuffed by the stranger's unresponsiveness what's that he inquired patting admiringly the stranger's shiny leather case the stranger grew cordial to him at once ah now you're talkin said he enthusiastically undoing the flap of the case it's a book sonny the greatest book the most interestin book the most useful book and next to the bible the most high-toned uplifting book that was ever written you can't read yet sonny but this book has the loveliest pictures you ever seen and the greatest lot of them for the money he drew reverently forth from the case a large fat volume bound sumptuously in embossed sky-blue imitation leather lavishly gilt and opened it upon his knees with a spacious gesture there he continued proudly it's called mother home and heaven ain't that a title for you don't it show you right off the kind of book it is with this book by you you don't need any other book in the house at all except maybe the almanac and the bible and this book has lots of the best bits of the bible in it scattered through among the receipts and things to keep at all wholesome and uplifting it'll tell you such useful things as how to get a cork out of a bottle without breaking the bottle when you haven't got a corkscrew or what to do when the baby's got croup and there ain't a doctor this side of tour de lac and it'll tell you how to live so as when things happen that no medicine and no doctors and no receipts not even such great receipts as these here ones and he slapped his hand on the counter can help you through such as when a tree falls on you or you trip and stumble onto the saws or get drawn down under half a mile a raft then you'll be ready to go right on aloft and no question asked you in the great white gate and it has poetry in it too real hard poetry such as'll take you back to the time when you was all white and innocent a sin at your mother's knee and make you wish you was like that now in fact boys this book i'm a-goin to show you with your kind permission is handier than a pocket in a shirt and at the same time the blessed fragrance of it is like a rose of sharon in the household it's in three styles a bindin all real handsome but i want to look at another picture now protested woolly billy i'm tired of this one of the angels saying their prayers his amazing shock of silver gold curls was bent intently over the book in the stranger's lap the woodsmen on the other hand kept on smoking with a far-off look as if they heard not a word of the fluent harangue they had a deep distrust and dread of this black-whiskered stranger now that he stood revealed as the man wanting to sell something the majority of them would not even glance in the direction of the gaudy book lest by doing so they should find themselves involved in some expensive and complicated obligation 
the stranger responded to woolly billy's appeal by shutting the book firmly there's lots more pictures purtier than that one sonny said he but you must ask your dad to buy it for you he won't regret it and he passed the volume on to hawker who having no dread of book agents began to turn over the leaves with a superior smile dad's gone ever so far away answered woolly billy sadly it's an awfully pretty book and he looked at tug blackstock appealingly look here mister drawled blackstock i don't take much stock myself in this kind of book and moreover not meanin no offence to you any man that sellin em's got to larn to do a sight o lyin but as woolly billy here wants it so bad i'll take a copy if tain't too dear all the same it's only fair to warn you that you'll not do much business in brine's rip for there was a book agent here last year as got about half the folks in the village to sign a crooked contract and we was all stung bad i'd advise you to move on and not really tackle brine's rip for another year or so now what's the price the stranger's face had fallen during this speech but it brightened at the concluding question six dollars four dollars and two dollars and a half according to style of bindin he answered bringing out a handful of leaflets and order forms and passing them round briskly and you don't need to pay more'n fifty cents down and sign this order and you pay the balance in a month's time when the books are delivered i'll give you my receipt for the fifty cents and you just fill in this order according to the bindin you choose let me advise you as a friend to take the six dollar one it's the best value thanks just the same said blackstock dryly pulling out his wallet but i guess woolly billy's just as soon have the two fifty one and i'll pay you the cash right now no signin orders for me here's my name and address right you are agreed the stranger cordially pocketing the money and signing the receipt cash payments for me every time if i could have my way now if some of you other gentlemen will follow mr blackstock's fine example you'll never regret it and neither will i come on woolly billy come on jim said blackstock stepping out into the street with the child and the dog at his heels we'll be getting along home and leave this gentleman to argy with the boys two jake sanderson with the pay for the mill hands did not arrive that night nor yet the following morning along toward noon however there arrived a breathless stripling white-faced and wild-eyed with news of him the boy was young stevens son of andy stevens the game warden he and his father coming up from cribb's ridge had found the body of sanderson lying half in a pool beside the road covered with blood near at hand lay the bag empty slashed open with a bloody knife stevens had sent his boy on into the settlement for help while he himself had remained by the body guarding it lest some possible clue should be interfered with swift as a grass fire the shocking news spread through the village an excited crowd gathered in front of the store every one talking at once trying to question young stevens the sheriff was away down at fredericton for a holiday from his arduous duties but nobody lamented his absence it was his deputy they all turned to in such an emergency where's tug blackstock demanded half a dozen awed voices and as if in answer the tall lean figure of the deputy sheriff of nipsiwaska county came striding in haste up the sawdusty road with the big black dog crowding eagerly upon his heels 
the clamour of the crowd was hushed as blackstock put a few questions terse and pertinent to the excited boy the people of mipsawaska county in general had the profoundest confidence in their deputy sheriff they believed that his shrewd brain and keen eye could find a clue to the most baffling of mysteries just now however his face was like a mask of marble and his eyes sunk back into his head were like points of steel the murdered man had been one of his best friends a comrade and helper in many a hard enterprise come said he to the lad we'll go and see and he started off down the road at that long loose stride of his which was swifter than a trot and much less tiring hold on a minute tug drawled a rasping nasal voice what is it hawker demanded blackstock turning impatiently on his heel you ain't asked nothing yet about the book agent mr biles him as sold your mother home in heaven maybe he could give us some information he said as how he'd had some talk with poor old jake blackstock's lips curled slightly he had not read the voluble stranger as a likely highwayman in any circumstances still less as one to try issues with a man like jake sanderson but the crowd eager to give tongue on any kind of assent and instinctively hostile to a book agent seized greedily upon the suggestion where is he send for him did anybody see him this morning brought him out fetch him along the babble of voices started afresh he's cleared out cried a woman's shrill voice it was the voice of mrs stukeley who kept the boarding-house everyone else was silent to hear what she had to say he quit my place just about daylight this morning continued the woman virulently she had not liked the stranger's black whiskers nor his ministerial garb nor his efforts to get a subscription out of her and she was therefore ready to believe him guilty without further proof he seemed in a powerful hurry to get away saying as how the archangel gabriel himself couldn't do business in this town seeing the effect her words produced and that even the usually imperturbable and disdainful deputy sheriff was impressed by them she could not refrain from embroidering her statement a little now as i come to think of it she went on i did notice as how he seemed kind of excited and nervous like so's he could hardly stop to finish his breakfast but he took time to make me knock half a dollar off his bill mac said blackstock sharply turning to red angus macdonald the village constable you take two of the boys and go after the book agent find him and fetch him back but no funny business with him mind you we ain't got a spark of evidence agin him we just want him as a witness mind the crowd's excitement was somewhat damped by this pronouncement and hawker's exasperating voice was heard to draw no evidence eh? if what ain't evidence him skinnin out that way afore sun-up i'd like to know what is but to this and similar comments tug blackstock paid no heed whatever he hurried on down the road toward the scene of the tragedy his lean jaws working grimly upon a huge chew of tobacco the big black dog not now at his heels but trotting a little way ahead and casting from one side of the road to the other nose to earth the crowd came on behind but blackstock waved them back i don't want none of you come within fifty paces of me afore i tell you to he announced with decision keep well back all of you or you'll mess up the tracks but this proved a decree too hard to be enforced for any length of time when he arrived at the place where the game warden kept watch beside the murdered man blackstock stood for a few moments in silence looking down upon the body of his friend with stony face and brooding eyes 
in spite of his grief his practised observation took in the whole scene to the minutest detail and photographed it upon his memory for reference the body lay with face and shoulder and one leg and arm in a deep stagnant pool by the roadside the head was covered with black clotted blood from a knife wound in the neck close by in the middle of the road lay a stout leather satchel gaping open and quite empty two small memorandum books one shut and the other with white leaves fluttering lay near the bag though the roadway at this point was dry and hard it bore some signs of a struggle and toward the edge of the water there were several little dark caked lumps of puddled dust blackstock first examined the road minutely all about the body but the examination even to such a practised eye as his yielded little result the ground was too hard and dusty to receive any legible trail and moreover it had been carelessly overtrodden by the game warden and his son but whether he found anything of interest or not blackstock's grim impassive face gave no sign at length he went over to the body and lifted it gently the coat and shirt were soaked with blood and showed marks of a fierce struggle blackstock opened the shirt and found the fatal wound a knife thrust which had been driven upwards between the ribs he laid the body down again and at the same time picked up a piece of paper crumpled and blood-stained which had lain beneath it he spread it open and for a moment his brows contracted as if in surprise and doubt it was one of the order forms for mother home and heaven he folded it up and put it carefully between the leaves of the notebook which he always carried in his pocket stevens who was close beside him had caught a glimpse of the paper and recognized it say he exclaimed under his breath i never thought of him but blackstock only shook his head slowly and called the big black dog which had been waiting all this time in an attitude of keen expectancy with mouth open and tail gently wagging take a good look at him jim said blackstock the dog sniffed the body all over and then looked up at his master as if for further directions and now take a sniff of this and he pointed to the rifled bag what do you make of it he inquired when the dog had smelt it all over minutely jim stood motionless with ears and tail drooping the picture of irresolution and bewilderment blackstock took out again the paper which he had just put away and offered it to the dog who nosed it carefully then looked at the dead body beside the pool and growled softly seek him jim said blackstock at once the dog ran up again to the body and back to the open book then he fell to circling about the bag nose to earth seeking to pick up the elusive trail at this point the crowd from the village unable longer to restrain their eagerness surged forward led by hawker and closed in effectually obliterating all trails jim growled angrily showed his long white teeth and drew back beside the body as if to guard it blackstock stood watching his action with a brooding scrutiny what's that bit of paper you found under him tug demanded hawker vehemently none of your business sam replied the deputy putting the blood-stained paper back into his pocket i seen what it was shouted hawker to the rest of the crowd is one of them there documents that the book agent had up to the store i always said as how twas him we'll catch him we'll string him up yelled the crowd starting back along the road at a run don't be such fools shouted blackstock hold on come back i tell you 
but he might as well have shouted to a flock of wild geese on their clamorous voyage through the sky fired by sam hawker's exhortations they were ready to lynch the black-whiskered stranger on sight blackstock cursed them in a cold fury i'll have to go after them andy said he or there'll be trouble when they find that there book agent better give em their head tug protested the warden guess he done it all right he'll get no more ends good for him maybe he did it and then again maybe he didn't retorted the deputy and anyways they're just plain loony now you'll stay here and i'll follow him up send bob back to the ridge to fetch the coroner he turned and started on the run in pursuit of the shouting crowd whistling at the same time for the dog to follow him but to his surprise jim did not obey instantly he was very busy digging under a big whitish stone at the other side of the pool blackstock halted jim he commanded angrily get out of that what do you mean by fooling about with woodchucks at a time like this come here jim lifted his head his muzzle and paws loaded with fresh earth and gazed at his master for a moment then with evident reluctance he obeyed but he kept looking back over his shoulder at the big white stone as if he hated to leave it there's a lot of ordinary pup left in that there dog yet exclaimed blackstock apologetically to the game warden there ain't a dog ever lived that wouldn't want to dig out a woodchuck answered stevens three the black-whiskered stranger had been overtaken by his pursuers about ten miles beyond brine's rip sleeping away the heat of the day under a spreading birch-tree a few paces off the road he was sleeping soundly a too soundly indeed as thought the experienced constable for a man with murder on his soul but when he was roughly aroused and seized he seemed so terrified that his captors were all the more convinced of his guilt he made no resistance as he was being hurried along the road only clinging firmly to his black leather case and glancing with wild eyes from side to side as if nerving himself to a desperate dash for liberty when he had gathered however a notion of what he was wanted for to the astonishment of his captors his terror seemed to subside a fact which the constable noted narrowly he steadied his voice enough to ask several questions about the murder questions to which reply was curtly refused then he walked on in a stolid silence the ruddy colour gradually returning to his face a couple of miles before reaching brine's rip the second search party came in sight the deputy sheriff at the head of it and the shaggy black form of jim close at his heels with a savage curse hawker sprang forward and about half the party with him as if to snatch the prisoner from his captors and take instant vengeance upon him but blackstock was too quick for them the swiftest sprinter in the county he got to the other party ahead of the mob and whipped around to face them with one hand on the big revolver at his hip and jim showing his teeth beside him the constable and his party hugely astonished but confident that blackstock's side was the right one to be on closed protectingly around the prisoner whose eyes now almost bulged from his head you keep right back boys commanded the deputy in a voice of steel the law will look after this here prisoner if he's the guilty one fur as we can see that no if about it shouted hawker almost frothing at the mouth that's the man as done it and we're going to string him up for it right now for fear he might get off somewhere between the judges and the lawyers you keep out of it now tug about half the crowd surged forward with hawker in front 
up came blackstock's gun you know me boys said he keep back they kept back they all fell back indeed some paces except hawker who held his ground half crouching his lips distorted in a snarl of rage ah oh, now quit it sam urged one of the followers tain't worth it and tugged right anyways the law's good enough with tug to the back of it and putting forth a long arm he dragged hawker back into the crowd put away your gun tug expostulated another seein's you feel that way about it we don't interfere blackstock stuck the revolver back into his belt with a grin glad you've come back to your senses boys said he perceiving that the crisis was over but keep an eye on hawker for a bit yet seems to have gone clean off his head don't fret tug we'll look after him agreed several of his comrades from the mill laying firmly persuasive hands upon the excited man who cursed them for cowards till they began to chaff him roughly what's making you so sore sam demanded one did the book agent try to make up to sis hopkins no it's tug that sis is making eyes at now suggested another that's what puttin sam so off his nut leave the lady's name out of it boys interrupted blackstock in a tone that carried conviction quit that jaw now sam interposed another changing the subject and tell us what you've done with that fancy belt o yourn and you're so proud of we ain't never seen you without it before that's so chimed in the constable that accounts for his foolishness sam ain't himself without that fancy belt hawker stopped his cursing and pulled himself together with an effort as if only now realizing that his followers had gone over completely to the side of the law and tug blackstock busted the buckle he exclaimed quickly mend it when i get time now boys said blackstock presently we'll get right back along to where poor jake's still layin and there we'll ask this here stranger what he knows about it it's there if anywheres where we're most likely to get some light on the subject i've sent over to the ridge for the coroner and poor jake can't be moved till he comes the book agent his confidence apparently restored by the attitude of blackstock now let loose a torrent of eloquence to explain how glad he would be to tell all he knew and how sorry he was that he knew nothing having merely had a brief conversation with poor mr sanderson on the morning of the previous day you'll have lots of time to tell us all that when we're askin you answered blackstock now take my advice and keep your mouth shut as blackstock was speaking jim slipped in alongside the prisoner and rubbed against him with a friendly wag of the tail as if to say i'm sorry to see you in such a hole old chap some of the men laughed and one who was more or less a friend of hawker's remarked sarcastically jim don't seem quite so discriminatin as usual tug oh i don't know replied the deputy dryly noting the dog's attitude with evident interest time will show you must remember a man ain't necessarily a murderer just because he wears black side lights and tries to sell you a book that ain't no good no good burst out the prisoner reddening with indignation you show me another book that's half as good at double the price and i'll give you shut up you ordered the deputy with a curious look this ain't no picnic you're on remember then some one as if for the first time thought of the money for which sanderson had been murdered why don't you search him tug he demanded let's have a look in that there black knapsack you bloomin fool shouted hawker again growing excited you don't suppose he'd be carrying it on him do you he'd have it buried somewhere in the woods where he could get it later 
right you are sam agreed the deputy the man has done the deed ain't likely to carry the evidence around on him but all the same we'll search the prisoner by and by by the time the strange procession had got back to the scene of the tragedy it had been swelled by half the population of the village at blackstock's request zeb smith the proprietor of the store who was also a magistrate swore in a score of special constables to keep back the crowd while awaiting the arrival of the coroner under the magistrate's orders which satisfied blackstock's demand for strict formality of procedure the prisoner was searched and could not refrain from showing a childish triumph when nothing was found upon him passing from abject terror to a ridiculous overconfidence he with difficulty restrained himself from seizing the opportunity to harangue the crowd on the merits of mother home and heaven his face was wreathed in fatuous smiles as he saw the precious book snatched from its case and passed around mockingly from hand to hand he certainly did not look like a murderer and several of the crowd including stevens the game warden began to wonder if they had not been barking up the wrong tree i've got the idee remarked stevens it'd take a baker's dozen of that chap to do in jake sanderson that way the skate as killed jake was some man anyways i like to know sneered hawker how you're going to account for that piece of paper the book agent's paper at tugwell found there under the body ah shucks answered the game warden that's easy he's been a sewin em around the country so's anybody could get a hold of em same's you or me sam this harmless if ill-timed pleasantry appeared to hawker in his excitement a wanton insult his lean face went black as thunder and his lips worked with some savage retort that would not come out but at that instant came a strange diversion the dog jim who under blackstock's direction had been sniffing long and minutely at the clothes of the murdered man at the rifled leather bag and at the ground all about came suddenly up to hawker and stood staring at him with a deep menacing growl while the thick hair rose stiffly along his back for a moment there was dead silence save for that strange accusing growl hawker's face went white to the lips then in a blaze of fury he yelled get out of that i'll teach you to come showing your teeth at me and he launched a savage kick at the animal jim come here rapped out the command of tug blackstock sharp as a rifle shot and jim who had eluded the kick trotted back still growling to his master whatever you been doin to jim sam demanded one of the mill hands i ain't never seen him act like that afore he's always had a grudge agin me panted hawker cause i had to give him a lickin once now you're lyin sam hawker said blackstock quietly you know right well as how you and jim were good friends only yesterday at the store where i saw you feedin him and i don't think likely you've ever given jim a lickin it don't sound probable seems to me there's a lot of us has gone a bit off their nut over this thing and not much wonder neither commented the game warden looks like sam hawker has gone plumb crazy and now there's jim the sensiblest dog in the world with lots more brains than most men folk foolin away his time like a year old pup a tryin to dig out a darn old woodchuck hole such in fact seemed to be jim's object he was digging furiously with both forepaws beneath the big white stone on the opposite side of the pool he's bit me i'll kill him screamed hawker his face distorted and foam at the corners of his lips 
he plucked his hunting knife from its sheath and leapt forward wildly with the evident intention of darting around the pool and knifing the dog but blackstock who had been watching him intently was too quick for him no you don't sam he snapped catching him by the wrist with such a wrench that the bright blade fell to the ground with a scream hawker struck at his face but blackstock parried the blow tripped him neatly and fell on him hold him fast boys he ordered seems like he's gone mad don't let him hurt himself in five seconds the raving man was trussed up helpless as a chicken his hands tied behind his back his legs lashed together at the knees so that he could neither run nor kick then he was lifted to his feet and held thus inexorably but with commiseration sorry to be rough with you sam said one of the constables but you gone crazy as a bed-bug never knowed sam was such a friend of jake's muttered another with deepest sympathy but blackstock stood close beside the body of the murdered man and watched with a face of granite the efforts of jim to dig under the big white stone his absorption in such an apparently frivolous matter attracted the notice of the crowd a hush fell upon them all broken only by the hoarse half-smothered ravings of sam hawker tain't no woodchuck jim's diggin for you see muttered one of the constables to the puzzled stevens tug don't seem to think so neither agreed stevens angus said blackstock in a low strained voice to the constable who had just spoken would you mind stepping round and givin jim a lift with that there stone the constable hastened to obey as he approached jim looked up his face covered thickly with earth wagged his tail in greeting then fell to work again with redoubled energy the constable set both hands under the stone and with a huge heave turned it over with a yelp of delight jim plunged his head into the hole grabbed something in his mouth and tore around the pool with it the something was long and whitish and trailed as he ran he laid it at blackstock's feet blackstock held it up so that all might see it it was a painted indian belt and it was stained and smeared with blood the constable picked out of the hole a package of bills for some moments no one spoke and even the ravings of hawker were stilled then tug blackstock spoke while every one as if with one consent turned his eyes away from the face of sam hawker unwilling to see a comrade's shame and horror this is a matter now for judge and jury boys said he in a voice that was grave and stern but i think you'll all agree that we ain't no call to detain this gentleman who's been put to so much inconvenience all on account of our little mistake don't mention it don't mention it protested the book agent as his guards with profuse apologies released him that's a mighty intelligent dog of yours mr blackstock he sure done you a good turn this day mister replied the deputy grimly end of story one part two